fast note before we get started today. Please know this podcast may contain content that may be disturbing to some listeners. All opinions expressed are that of the individual and are not meant as a substitute for professional mental health or medical advice. We advise reading the show notes for more detailed description before you listen to this podcast. Remember, mental health matters. Please take good care of yourself. Hello and welcome. It's Tammy Lawrence, Symbolisti here. Thank you for joining us for the I'm Still Here, Messages from the Other Side podcast. Each week we'll be talking to individuals who believe that they have had messages from the other side. So interesting to hear as we all share our time together still here. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Nikki Leader from across the pond. She is in West Sussex, England. Nikki is a soul practitioner, a soul transformation therapist, the creator of the Spirit Hub, and Journeys into Stillness guided meditations on YouTube. Hello, Nikki. Hi, Tammy. Lovely to be with you today. Yes, you as well. What's the weather doing over in England today? Do you know, it is really appalling. <laughs> We've had a week of glorious sunshine and today is a really big day in the world of football and it's absolutely peeing down with rain. So it's very wet and it's, but it's not cold and I used to live in Asia so I'm, I quite like when it's wet and it's warm. It's, it's when it's really cold and wet that, that is not so fun. Yes, we're having a similar day in Ontario. I used to have a friend in England, actually, and they always said it's dank when it's like this. <laughs> yeah, that's a good description. We're having a dank day. It, it's funny because a few of the podcasts that I've done have been on Fridays, and we just seem to have rain on Fridays. We need the rain, though, so that's good. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. And we've just moved into Cancer, and I follow astrology a lot, and that's all about water. So oh. I think everybody, yeah. I follow astrology as well. It's very interesting that we're in that water sign then. Yeah, for sure. Nikki, have you had an experience of being visited from the other side? I do. I do. And I think as children, funnily enough, I always like to rewind when I, when I start talking about the whole concept of whether there is an afterlife, what people believe or don't believe in, which I'm very open to it all. I've been fascinated for a long time through my own personal experience. But interestingly, when I was a child, I always felt that when I went to sleep in my bed, I could see things in my bedroom. And I often used to sleep with my sheet, you know, really pulled up over my head, I guess, because it made me feel safe and I couldn't explain what I was seeing. And I genuinely believe that children see energy and Many adults see energy, but I, I really believe that most children see energy. And of course, that then manifests later when we, when we go to school and we start to express in an art class or something. I find that those who have been allowed to express that often end up by being truly creative. The messages from the other side really followed quite a traumatic accident that I had, gosh, about 20 years ago. And I had met an energy healer for the first time ever, two years prior to the accident. But I was very open and I used to see a tarot reader. And not that long before the accident, I had seen this tarot reader who 
it was almost like she was preparing me for what was going to happen because in the tarot there's there's a suit of cards that are the wands and they look like fence posts and that was exactly the object that was very involved in the death of my partner in this accident it was very clear that the day after or two days after he had passed this energy healer who I had only met two years before received messages from him and she emailed me and there were really personal things in there that there's absolutely no way anybody else could have known. About a year before I had met a lady and been to a workshop that was called Meet Your Spirit Guides and I was absolutely fascinated. I'd never come across any anything like this before in my life. You know, there's nothing that I knew of in my family history. I've since found out that my aunt does Reiki and actually my great, no, my grandmother was a very, very good friend of Harry Edwards. Now, Harry Edwards was probably one of the most famous healers in um, Second World War time in the UK. Mm -hmm. And so my family were very close to that. And I didn't know that until after this accident. Oh. So that was my first real true experience when I actually did this workshop and that was probably about a year before my accident. Mm -hmm. What happened for the accident? Do you mind me asking? No, not at all. But actually, I'm not even sure I can tell you. Oh. Um, and that's also quite fascinating that we were driving. I was driving the car. We came off the road. I have no idea what happened for a certain length of time. And I can't even tell you how long that's for. But I ended up having crossed over a ditch and having gone through a fence and the car just came to a halt. Oh, wow. And I cannot tell you how that happened. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a really strange thing to say. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I think the, the whole blackout scenario, you know, I have been told because I've seen many healers and therapists as I've worked through what happened and the trauma that that brought. There are many people who have said that sometimes when you go into shock or you have a trauma, you shut down, basically. And I can really understand, you know, children often shut down if they're abused or real trauma brings this kind of cut off shut down scenario. So it was almost like I wasn't conscious, but I was conscious that I wasn't conscious. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Had the accident, the year, the partner you said passed away in this accident? Yes. Yeah, he did. I kind of had this awareness prior to this accident and I'd started really exploring energy and healing. And having done this workshop of Meet Your Spirit Guides, I was really primed to understand and start exploring what I now know as the quantum field. You know, that space beyond time and space, beyond our reality that we experience and how to communicate with that the different frequencies that are involved in, in the human existence and beyond that. And I suppose one of the first times that in my own experience after the accident, I remember lying in the bath and I was deeply in grief and shock. And I started to feel really angry. And I don't feel that was the beginning of the angry phase, which is one of the phases of grieving. But from that moment, I became really angry and I had run myself a bath and I had candles on the side of the bath. And I just screamed out, if you're effing here, blow that candle out yeah. and boof, out it went. Oh, 
<laughs> and I kind of froze. I went, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> because this was, it's all very well learning about spirit guides, but but when somebody passes and it's somebody who you've been extremely close to and you start to have that form of communication, that is a different experience. Totally. You know, I've sat in many spiritualist churches and I I know when I'm going to get a message because I kind of get a nudge in the day and something says to me, go to church tonight, go to church. And I don't go every week. I used to be the medium at many spiritualist churches. I don't do that work so much anymore now, but I will suddenly get a really strong feeling to go to a spiritualist church. And whenever I go, there's there's a communication, there's a message for me. And it is so different when they are close friends or family who bring through that validation and that evidence. But when it started happening for me, I decided that if I was really going to work through this, I wanted to go much deeper and explore, not necessarily to find proof, because this goes way beyond our human limitations of understanding. I just wanted to experience this, but I started to, in my mind, see car accidents on the road. So I would almost get a premonition that there, there had been, I'd go, oh my God, there's, there's been a car crash somewhere. And then I'd have the radio on and they'd say, oh, the traffic's really bad, there's been an accident. And it was always sort of within a reasonably close perimeter to me. I, the lady who had done the workshop, Meet Your Spirit Guides, was a tutor at the College of Psychic Studies in London. When I met her, I said to her, I know I'm going to see you again. I've never said this to anybody before, but I know I'm going to see you again. And she said, well, I'm actually moving to Australia, so it's unlikely. And I said, oh, my brother and sister live in Australia. Maybe we'll bump into this, you know, into each other on the street. I sort of left there with a feeling that I hadn't had before. But bearing in mind, I'd just spent the whole day doing something I had never done before in my life. And I'd ended up by reading a stone for somebody else. And, and he really recognized all the information I was giving him. So, I mean, I was completely blown away. I guess when the accident happened, I called the college. I understood that this lady was not teaching there anymore. And I said, okay, you know, that's fair enough. And then about three months later, somebody called me up and said, Nikki, did you know that she's back at the college? And I thought, ah, ah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Anyway, I called the college and interestingly, she had a huge waiting list. But a couple of weeks later, they called me to say, she's about to start a short course. Now she'd never done this before and she's never done another one since, but it was a four week short course. And I said, book me on it straight away, book me on it. So I went to the college and I started. And after week two, I said to her, I think I need to come and see you for a private sitting. I did, he came through. The evidence was absolutely recognizable instantly. And in that sitting, she said to me, and you're going to be doing what I'm doing in a few years time. And I thought, well, that was a real waste of money then, wasn't it? How the hell am I going to be doing this? I, you know, I, I absolutely did not believe or trust that. Anyway, she suggested, she said, look, I've just had somebody drop out of my course and I'd really like you to come and join it if you are interested. And that was it. I think I went to the college every single week for five years and this became almost who I was. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it became something that was non-negotiable. Right. Um, and, you know, I had a pretty checkered education 
you know, life, I never stuck to something in the same way. And it was almost like something was totally compelling me that this was non-negotiable and something that I had to do. You mentioned before we started recording the podcast today that your first experience with grief, you were a little uh, older, even though I think it's young now, but uh, you said you were about 30 when your grandmother died, I believe you said? Yeah. Yes, I was. And that was, yeah, that was my first experience. And strangely, I don't recall anything to do with her communicating with me. She has since, probably because now, you know, I'm completely open to it. But before I was closed, I was just going about my daily life. And, you know, I've got three children. I was just doing the school run and going about my daily life before this complete shift that turned my life, other people's life, actually completely upside down. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I started to work in spiritual churches and do the services there and you know, that's a really interesting thing when you stand up in front of people having no idea what is going to happen. You tune in. The teacher I had was absolutely phenomenal. And she was an absolute stickler for discipline and grounding and professionalism, you know, not sort of airy fairy. Oh, well, this might be that or oh, who recognizes a man and he's he's really old? Well, most people will recognize an old man. So the way she taught us was to absolutely demand really recognizable evidence so that the person that I was delivering to could recognize who it was. For a long time, even at the college, when I did platform work, you know, I remember one time when I was delivering a message to somebody and they had their arms crossed. And it's always, you know, body language is a really interesting concept as well. And they had their arms crossed and I was delivering a message about a watch and I had this really clear picture about a watch and Switzerland and some really clear evidence. And they just said, no, no, don't recognize that at all. No, nope. I always say if somebody says, I'm sorry, I don't understand it. If I get a nudge that absolutely this is the person who needs the messages for, then I often just say, leave it. I'll leave it with you. And it might become clear, you know, as time goes on. Anyway, at the end of that platform evening, that person came up to me and said, actually, I know exactly who you were talking about. And thank you so much. And that often happens, you know, in public, people are often really shocked because you are connecting energy with that person. You know, when you deliver a message to somebody, you are connecting energetically with them. I can only speak from my own experience, but when somebody delivers a message to me, I can feel it. I don't know really how to describe it. It's not so much butterflies, but it's a little bit of, I still feel a bit surprised when somebody says, may I speak with you? I've got a lady or a man or, you know, whatever with me. And I go, oh, okay. And, and you immediately listen, but you start to listen at a soul level. And so even if you don't remember the details, and often you do, whenever I work, I absolutely know that whoever is receiving what I have to say will hear it on a soul level, even if they don't recognize it, that they absolutely will hear it at soul level. And, and they'll, they'll receive what exactly what they're meant to receive at that time. Mm -hmm. And that might not be everything you're delivering, but they will receive what they need to hear. The average person without going through mediumship work or training or going to a spiritualist church, how could they open themselves up to receive a message from their loved ones who have passed? One of the most important things is stillness. 
I think when you offer yourself a space and when you're ready, and I do believe that's only when you're ready, you know, there's a lot of people who are really desperate. I, I really need to hear from my mum. I really need to. They're always with us. They're always around us and they're communicating with us all the time. It's just that we don't believe it. We don't trust it and we don't notice it. I would always say to people, slow right down, slow right down in everything that you do, because when the communication is ready, it will happen. But the minute you say, I want, I need to hear this person, I want this message, often you won't get it because you want it so badly, you, you won't get it. And I think when you start to surrender that need to hear from that person and trust that they are okay. I mean, I always say to people, if they come to me for a reading, that connection's already started. They've already put out there to the universe or God or whoever you believe, you've already set the intention that you're open. Then it's time to become a bit slower and stiller. And they will communicate with all, in all sorts of ways. You might get drawn to the title of a book you might start hearing a song on the radio. You might come, I mean, a lot of people, you know, trust white feathers as a sign. For me, in, in one instance, it was a robin. But in another instance, it might be something else. You know, when my cousin died, who was only 29, and he was on an Arctic expedition, and they got stuck in a snowstorm, and the helicopter couldn't get them out quick enough. I remember speaking with my aunt who's who's very open I had sat and meditated the intention I set out was if there is something I need to pass on if there is something that is for the highest good that you know you want to communicate show me tell me give me that feeling give me signs give me whatever it is I'm open and I managed to pass on a message about where he'd left his car keys. And that was just not about the car keys. Mm -hmm. It was about the fact that it opened up the concept that he was okay, that he was around, he wasn't gone. This was not a finite, this is black and white, one minute I'm here, one minute I'm gone. Of course, physically it is. I cannot stress enough how important the grieving process is. Speak a little bit of, about closure and change. Yeah, I, I think on a day-to-day -day basis, I do feel that human beings are not good with change. You know, we, we set our lives up to have routine, to have a comfort zone where we feel, you know, we know the people around us and we love them. And, and then suddenly something like this happens. And this is the growth. You know, this is where things do change. I feel that one of the beautiful things about life is that there, there has to be change. You know, if we hold on too tight to everything we know, that there is no growth, there is no contribution towards living your best life, if you like. I believe that some people are more okay with it than others. And that often comes from our parents or our carers and how they dealt, you know, like everything. We learn and we absorb things as children. So often whatever our family or our care environment was as little people, then that will often preset how we're going to deal with anything. I just feel that society and, and as a global community, it would be really helpful if we could learn to embrace change just a little bit better.
you know. And we've been kind of forced to do that during these COVID times, Absolutely. but take COVID out of this scenario, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, this has been one of the most fascinating periods of time. And I do feel that there has been massive shifts and change, but boy, do we need it. Mm-hmm. We we really do. You know, there is absolutely no doubting. It doesn't matter how loud David Attenborough shouts or you know, anything. As a human race, we have to start evolving. You know, we've we've come to this crescendo of every of having everything, of wanting more, of of wanting to be something other than than what we are. Chasing, chasing, chasing all the time. And you know, I, I always have a a saying, and I, and I say it to myself often, you know, nobody promises you a life free of pain and suffering. Nobody promised you that. That's true. And, and I feel that if this is where we can really look for our growth and actually our deepest joy, and I do feel, you know, those polarities, if we do go into deep grief, I feel that we have a much better chance of feeling deep joy you know those opposite polars if you stay in the middle then you'll stay in the middle but if you can go to that place and really embrace your grieving process and how you're feeling then you absolutely will experience a different parameter of joy than you've ever that's been my experience of it and gratitude you know gratitude and appreciation all those qualities that really help us become better people Mm. Well, we can't experience light without dark, day without night. It's a full yin-yang experience. Yeah, it is. And, and that's why we're here. You know, not every animal it has the experiences that humans can. Why wouldn't we? The problem is that pain and suffering, you know, none of us want to go into pain and suffering. You know, when you feel great, but you may have to go and have an operation in hospital, that's sometimes a lot more scary than if you're in absolute agony and it's a relief to go into hospital to lift that pain and suffering, if that's your situation. But I, with regards to messages and mediumship and anything that connects you to what is out there and available to us, I don't think we've even touched the sides with what is available to us. You know, with energy work, very, very slowly, it's beginning to open up in the world. But I do not believe we've even touched the sides. But what I am glad of is that the cynicism that I used to experience nonstop. So this was a very private journey for me. No matter what I was doing to help other people in readings or in spiritualist churches, there's very few people in my life that knew what I was doing. Very few. My sister came to a service I did at the London Spiritual Mission, but no friends or family really engaged with what I was doing. I didn't tell them what I was doing. It's not a poor me thing. But at the time, it was such a private journey because death and certainly mediumship, the only people out there who talked about mediumship were people who were trying to disprove it. And it always made me smile because you can neither prove nor disprove it. Agreed. I say that all the time. Yeah. But but my question to those people would be, well, if you can explain to me how I'm doing it, how do I stand up in front of 50 people and deliver a message to a person describing somebody who they knew really well who has died and delivering a really recognized, how do I do that? 
you tell me how I do it because you're so busy telling me what I can't do. We're hoping that you tell but, us that. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I never really engaged in those conversations because it was a kind of, you know, you, you just hit a dead end with it. And I've, I have listened to many mediums get very uptight and very angry because they wanted that person to believe in what they were doing. But you know what? That That's okay. If they don't believe it, it didn't disturb what I was doing because I knew that the people who wanted what I have, they would find me because that's, that's how it works. That's right. And they would be open to receive the messages that you're offering. Yeah. So another question, if someone who is possibly going through the grieving journey right now, what advice would you give them? Something maybe that helped you along your grieving journey? Something that helped me along my grieving journey is trust, trust yourself, trust your feelings, trust the the journey that you're on, which is such a cliche, but you are on it. You know, when, when you are grieving, really move into that pain and what that feels like. Allow yourself to be in that space for as long as you need to be in it. You know, people will try and help you feel better. But of course, that's not possible. You can't make somebody feel better. They will do that when they're ready. I read a lot. I I wanted to explore everything. So I was like a sponge. I just read and read and read. But I think I probably had quite an unusual experience. It was really quite extraordinary when I look back as to two years before that experience, how almost the building blocks were in place literally the foundations that were going to hold me through what I was about to experience were just put, now I look back on it, they were put in place for me. Hindsight is always makes everything the most clear. Yeah, exactly. It is the gift of hindsight and I've used it to help me process and understand. I think till my dying day, I will never know or see what what actually happened and that's okay i'm not attached to that at all but i know that there is a reason that i'm here and i want to absolutely make sure that i don't let myself down with that and i just give life everything i can possibly give it wow nikki you're really touching on a whole bunch of powerful things here for example some of the things you mentioned right up my training i am a yoga teacher by day and sometimes by night And uh, so you've mentioned stillness and non-attachment and intention and change. It's been really remarkable to speak to you. And yeah, you've definitely been speaking my language here. If someone wanted to find you on the internet, where would they go? Oh, so I have a website, which is www.nikkileader.co.uk. And I'm quite active on Instagram. And my account, I have two. I have one which is at Nikki Leader, and then I have at the spirit underscore hub, which is a little bit more about universal and spiritual, you know, concepts and subjects. So I love that. I'm really enjoying that. And I've got a few lives coming up. I do have a YouTube channel. It's not that busy at the moment. I'm uploading meditations all the time. And I often do one on the new moon and the full moon, and they're always guided. So About two days before I sit and meditate and then I get a title, um, which will often be relevant to the astrology and and what's going on in the world. And then I just channel that night. It's normally at about 9 p.m. UK time. 
And then I just channel a guided meditation. And actually most people say, oh, I didn't even get to the end. I just fell asleep. <laughs> that that's great. Actually, I always say that to my meditation students. So afterwards, they'll ask how the experience was for everyone. And they'll say, oh, I don't know. I fell asleep. So then yeah, I might yeah. joke and say, oh, so you missed that part about the dog, <laughs> which I didn't even talk about a dog. So that's funny. And then funny for me anyways. Yeah. And I say I'm the only person that doesn't feel sad when I put people to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. But But if there was one last thing I would say is how you deal with death is going to be how you deal with your life. You know, if you really struggle to let something go, it's really worth exploring how easy you find letting things go in life and all sorts of things. That can be a really interesting concept because that is how we will live. And a, a well-spoken quote, you know, how you can deal with death in a beautiful way, then you will deal with life in equally as beautiful a way. And the people who are closest to death, who I know now, my God, they are living a good life. Beautiful. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It really is. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Nikki. We really, really appreciate your time, your energy, and your story. It was very fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing, even though painful, but it was great. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Tammy. It's been really lovely to talk with you. We're so grateful for our guests for sharing their time with us and sharing their experiences. It's wonderful to know that we're not alone, and it's so great to hear that even though our loved ones have passed, that they are still here with connections, albeit different from before. Be sure to subscribe and to share this podcast. If you have an experience that you'd like to share, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Please email me. We're also grateful to Kevin McLeod and to Computech for sharing this wonderful background music entitled Happy Dreams. Thank you for sharing your time with us. May you enjoy your time still being here.